right. Well, to bring them all everywhere I go. This is. I mean, truly, this is like amazing. the ultimate hype crowd right here. Well, we are here at South by Southwest. You are the first second gentleman of the United States of America. This is just a, a hefty, weighty title, sir. When did it hit you that you were just this public figure? When did the gravity of that title uh, really become apparent for you? Uh, I feel like I was there. Simo, so we used to work together. Um, uh, it hit me, and you were there. Uh, it was the day of the inauguration, and the campaign was just odd because it was right in the middle of COVID. It was a lot of virtual events, and the live events that we did, it was me and the, and the soon-to-be vice president screaming at cars and, and trying to get people excited. And you don't realize what you're getting into. There's no rule book. There's no uh, manual. No manual. And, okay. uh, Contrary to popular belief. There's no manual. You just got to make it up. Um, so then, uh, the day of the inauguration, there's this video of me that I guess went kind of viral where I'm get, getting out of the car, we're walking up the steps of the Capitol to go to the inauguration. I had no freaking idea where I was supposed to be. I know she may have told me, but it was like, and I'm just going here, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going there. And so we walk up, finally make it up there, and Simone says to me, no, sir, that's not going to work. <laughs> You got to get in the game here. And you realize just that first day how everything had changed, how enormous everything was, and how you had to actually be very focused, be disciplined, and make sure that I was going to be able to do this. And really, from then on, it was really that moment. It's like, all right, get in the game. And this is a real position. And it's really there to support. The first woman vice president who yes. happens to be my wife. Yes, Vice President Harris. Like you all elected her. That's the only reason I'm here. Well, sir, and you recently did an interview with my colleague uh, Jonathan Capehart on his MSNBC show where you did say, you said, look, I am only here because of the vice president, and I keep that at the forefront of my mind. And I, I found that very profound because I do think it is very easy for folks who, uh, you know, see you in your motorcade with the flashing lights, and they see you and the vice president on television, they see you with uh, the president and the first lady, to forget that this was not on your bingo card, per se, <laughs> to be the, you know, second gentleman of the United States of America. You're not an elected official. Right. Right. And again, I, I tell people all the time, I'm only here because the country elected Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I, my main job is to be a loving husband and to support her and make sure You hear the crowd? The crowd? No, I, mean, I, I don't know if the live really, stream folks can hear. The people were like, oh. I mean, it, it is... It is endearing. It is sweet. We were, we were chatting before this um, event, and you know, for folks that don't know, I recently got married, and I'm like, the second gentleman needs to be hosting a husband boot camp, okay? My husband is very amazing. Okay, shout out to Mr. Townsend. Hey, hey but, Sean. Greetings, Sean. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, sir, you are so supportive. But you're you're funny. You know, you retain who you are while still supporting um, your wife in. She is the most, not just, I would argue, not just the most powerful woman in America, the most powerful woman in the world, arguably. And you all's partnership, I believe, is really a true representation of just how to do partnership well. Talk to us a little bit about this, this partnership and how it has uh, evolved, frankly, if you will, since when y'all first got married and to now. Well, that's a lot to unpack. So, okay, <laughs> so first, you, you know, look, I... I it, People should support their partners. You know, that should not be 
something like newsworthy. Just support those people that you love. And that's what I've tried to do as a husband, as a father, as a colleague, everything I do, just support those people that you care about and you love. But I will say, like, she's an awesome wife. You know, I get all this credit for being this great husband, which whether I am or not, but she's an, an amazing partner. Because the reason I'm able to do this and, and be on this stage and all these things with Second Gentleman is because of her. Mm. She supports me. And so all the, the love and support that I always say publicly, well, she may not be, she's showing it to me. And it, so it's an equal relationship. So as, as much as I support her, she supports me. And it really gives me the, um, the, the confidence to, to do things that I never thought I'd be doing. Like I said, I was just a, a guy who was making, you know, a lawyer, entertainment lawyer in Hollywood who was doing my thing. And this was not natural to me to go out and travel the world advocating for all the things that we're working on as administration. Uh, but I'm doing it because um, it helps support her. And the better I can be at this job, it helps support the vice president and the president of this whole administration. Mm. We can clap for that. We can clap for the second gentleman and support. I, I asked my Instagram followers last night uh -oh. uh, kind of what kind of questions did they have for the second gentleman. There was a range. We will not be asking them all here. Good. But uh, <laughs> one of them hit on something that you just alluded to, and I want to I unpack that. They talked about um, just the fact that you left your job to essentially come and support your wife, who is now the Vice President of the United States of America. And that is usually not a story that we hear about. We often hear about women giving up their careers, if you will, making a pivot, coming to support their husbands. There are not as many high-profile stories about men doing that. And what I find interesting is that you have made that pivot and then leaned into it whereas some other folks might not have done so. You have chosen gender equity, if you will, as a, a, a core tenet of the work that you do, not just domestically, but when you are abroad. Talk to me about this conscious decision um, to you know, just tackle this issue head on. So it was an easy decision. Uh, I love my career. I love being a lawyer. I miss being a lawyer. I love the entertainment industry. Uh, I, I loved everything about it, and I was good at it. I was successful. That m meant a lot to me. Um, but when your partner is, has an opportunity to be the vice president of the United States, especially after what this country had been through in the prior administration and what the country was facing at the time uh, of, of the campaign, if you all remember, depths of COVID, we, we could not be in a room like this economic despair, food lines, all the things that were out there, uh, to be able to step away from something that I love so much, to, to do that, I mean, it was a no-brainer. And I said public, I did it without any saltiness, uh, no chip on my shoulder, I, it wasn't begrudging, it was really leaning in. And then all of a sudden I realized, wow, I get to have a microphone too. I get to advocate for issues that have always been important to me. Uh, as, a, as a person, as a lawyer, which include gender equity. I did not come to gender equity because I'm second gentleman. This I think is, this is this an is important something. point this, to note, yeah. though. This is not new. This gender equity this work is not, is not new. new for you. Coming up in, in the legal community, the entertainment community, there was always an inherent unfairness uh, against women, frankly, and it just was not 
it's not right. And it's something that I've always tried to work on. And now that I'm in this position, I also try to find issues like where, as, as a man, the first man in this role, could I make the most impact? So me talking about family leave, childcare, pay equity, gender equity, more women in leadership, me trying to set an example, do as, as well as I can in this job, so maybe we'll get some more Kamala Harris's out there, uh, more Simone Sanders out there in, in government, in military, in, in communications, you name it. Um, what an opportunity. And then I can also talk about this epidemic of hate that's going on in this world. So that's why you see me out there talking about anti-Semitism, but not just that. Connecting it, connecting it to all the hate that's going on out not only here, but in the world. So, and this was Kamala, my wife, the vice president, um, pushing me. She says, you have this opportunity, you know, do something with it. Encouraging and you to find absolutely. your lane and your space. Always pushing me uh, to, to, to use this voice. And on some of these issues, she said, these issues found you, so you better, better lean into them. Lean into them. Let's talk about the vice president, uh, a woman I had the pleasure of working for. It's how I got to know you. What do you think is the most surprising thing about Vice President Harris that people out there don't know? That they don't know? Yes, and that, that you can say on this stage without us both getting uh, in trouble now. Well, she's like normal. She's exceedingly normal. She's an awesome wife. She loves to have fun. She loves to cook. She loves her family. Uh, you know, she loves music. She, you know, I just, it was funny. It, it, it's a 24 seven job though. So no matter what's happening, you're always vice president. And all these things you see in the news that are happening, whether it's the, the bank issue or like- Speaking these are, of I'm Silicon saying, Valley Bank, um, you raised that. I have seen reports. So for folks that don't know, Silicon Valley Bank, obviously um, uh, there was a run on the banks last week. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank has now been taken over by the feds. Uh, the president came out early at the top of this week talking about uh, the relief uh, that is, uh, to ensure that there is People have faith in the banking system, ensuring that folks know that they're not essentially bailing, the federal government is not bailing out the shareholders. But I have seen reports that said over the weekend the vice president uh, was engaged on this issue, that she was on the phone with yeah. Silicon executives in Silicon Valley, not those from the bank, but executives in um, the area, as well as members of Congress. She was engaged with the Treasury. Can you confirm, sir, that the vice president was, in fact, uh, you know, making these calls on the on this issue Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in yeah. advance of what we saw. Yeah, and, and yes, and that's what the job is, and that's what I was saying. Where it, there's stuff happening every day that affects this country here domestically and throughout the world, and that is those are the issues that the president, vice president, are working on constantly, nonstop. So you have to try to find those moments. Uh, you, you know, of, of coupledom and, and to, to deal with your family and, and spend some time or, or catch them on, on a Zoom or something in between this nonstop 24 7, 365 endeavor, which is being vice president. This job just follows you around wherever you are. So, yes, this weekend was, was definitely spent on that. Uh, but I was saying, who is she? But even within all that, you know, we still caught the beginning of the Oscars because she knew that was, I wanted to watch it and, and that's my industry. So we were still able to do that. Uh, How do we feel about Angela Bassett? She got stolen from 
We'll let the people. We'll let the people speak for yeah. that. I agree. Um, I, I, I I thought she was really great I she was in, in Wakanda. I thought she was amazing. Um, but um, yeah, but there's other moments where you know I was like, I'm watching the Super Bowl, and she's like, All right, I'm on the phone. She's like, Oh, Rihanna's playing. Oh. <laughs> and then I see in the corner of my eye when Rihanna's on, she's you know, just doing this. I'm like, That's Kamala Harris. Mm. So how, my Instagram followers are also very interested in just how you encourage the vice president. I mean, people, uh, from what people see on the outside, I don't, I don't know if people really understand how tough of a job it is because you don't often get to see all of the things that the vice president does, right? The vice presidency is a job that you, you do a lot, but the people don't necessarily see it all. So how do you encourage the, the vice president? Well, I mean, she's vice president. So by definition, that is an incredibly tough job, which is a series of tough jobs she's had her whole career. I mean, remember, she started out uh, prosecuting people who would do violence to children mm -hmm. and women. And this is what she devoted her whole life's work to and trying to change you know, a system that needed to be changed when she was the first woman elected DA uh, in San Francisco, the first woman of color in the entire country, first woman elected attorney general in California, first woman of color in the entire country. She was only the second um, black woman United States senator, if you can believe that. Um, we don't have any right now because she's the first vice president who's a woman. So this is a woman who has always been a first, has always leaped in and, and done things that need to be done. And we don't have time for frustration. We don't have time to have those conversations. So the way I can support her, like I said at the beginning, is just love her, have her back, and be there when she needs me. And that's it. And be good at this job. And be good this at helps this her job. Too. <laughs> yes. We, we can clap. Yes, yes. I think, sorry, I really think that you have the folks awestruck in here. They're just, I'm looking as I'm seeing through the lights, and people are just like, I can't believe this is the second gentleman. We are getting some crowd questions right now. Um, there is a question about what advice do you have for someone whose partner is looking to start a political career? How can they best support them but also convey their fears? Now, mm. I, I think it's important for folks to know that when you met the vice president, she was already an elected official. Yeah. She was the attorney first general. First term. First term first attorney term. general. Yes. Talk a little bit about, so, so she was already in a political career. Yeah. <laughs> She was a, a busy lawyer <laughs> up north, and I was a busy lawyer down south. And we, you know, we we're both working and, and trying to make a, a new relationship work. I had two kids, ha teenagers at the time, half the time. And, and you know, people kind of knew who she was. But for me, it was like we're two busy professionals trying to make a new relationship work. And so for me, I was not a political spouse. I was a full-time lawyer. She was a full-time professional. So I didn't really you know, become a political spouse until they, uh, she was Joe Biden. You saw that video. He called her up and said, I want you to be on my ticket. And she's like, Dougie, we're, come on in and say hi. And, <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was in Wilmington uh, meeting Joe Biden and Jill Biden, and I was up on a stage. And now I've been in politics the last two years. So the, what I can tell people, and I, I get asked this out on the road, first of all, you got to ignore the noise. It, I don't care what office you're running for. 
it's the same kind of emotional public. You're bearing your soul. You're putting yourself out there for people to, you know, literally say yay or nay to. So there's a real kind of intensity to putting yourself out there on a ballot. And so if you're the spouse, and I've seen a lot of spouses out there who are in the corner just enraged and, and just ready to, you know, just get so upset about what they're reading, what they're seeing, and reading the tweets and all this stuff. And, you know, this will be one of my little humble brags. So the first time I met Barack Obama, he said, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, he literally said something like, hey, man, don't, don't read the tweets. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, and never read the comments. I'm like, well, how bad can it be? He's like, trust me. <laughs> so maybe those first couple of times I was like, okay, I'm done with that. And so you can't be part of the problem. You got to be part of the solution because your partner who's running, and especially if it's a woman, um, which it's just, it's tough out there sometimes. You got to be there for support, not to make it. You can't put gasoline on a fire. Mm -hmm. So people will always say, oh, did you talk about this? Like, nope, I'm there if she asks. I'll talk about it, but right, like I said, I'm there for support. So she's got somebody to look at, even if it's the only person that's got her back and got the candidates back, so they can go on, knock on that next door, you know, do that next event, because it, it's, it's tough, no matter what office you're running for. So that's, that's the advice I give to everyone. Mm, that's great advice, that's great advice. You talk about, I, 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 it's, I think it's good that you, re you reiterate for folks. You know, she has, the vice president has staff people to flag the things in the news for her, right? I used to be one of those staff people. Uh, you are not there to flag news for her. But I have to imagine that things happen in the news, uh, like the, the rolling back of Roe v. Wade, hmm. the Dobbs decision. And you, you see that happen, that ha conversations that you all talk about. Like there are, how do you particularly feel about this roll back of women's rights that we are essentially seeing right here in the United States of, of America when it comes to women's reproductive autonomy. Uh, it's unacceptable. And, and that's one where she called me. Mm. So on something like that, uh, again, she was, we knew about the draft decision. So we were, I think in our brains, we thought we were ready for it. But when Dobbs actually dropped, um, it was pretty shocking to, mm -hmm. to a lot of us. And she called me, she was on Air Force Two. And um, as she, she literally was watching it, traveling somewhere and called and said, Dougie, they actually did it. They actually did it. And then within a minute or two, Ella, our 23-year-old daughter, texted me. And she's, not, she's off doing her thing. Like, Ella's not, a, not been like, pushing, you know, hey, you need to do this, say that. It, she, this was really the first time on a substantive issue. And it was, Dad, you need to do something about this. 23 years old. And then, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes later, Barb, my 82-year-old mother, calls and said, Dougie, you need to do something about this. I appreciate that and the you, women but, in your life are on one accord here. But you think, but think, but again, the point is, this is an 82-year-old woman who, and my mom was, was fierce. She still is. She was, she, I always give her so much credit for giving me the, the competitive spirit and all the things, the, the, the fight that I have. And this was a woman back in the day who, you know, was out marching for equal rights and marching for what became Roe v. Wade. And so for her, at her age, 
to now see something that she had for 50 years, this right, uh, to, to now know that Ella Emhoff and all the Ella Emhoffs of the world somehow don't have that right, when we have fundamental rights that we fought so hard for, that women like my mother and so many others fought so hard for, to be snatched away by a court, it, it's totally unacceptable. And now, of course, we hear the stories. We're in Texas, and you know, I met a woman at the State of the Union who was here in Texas, which is one of those states that is trying to roll back not only abortion rights, but voting rights, and what you can read and what you can think. It's totally unacceptable. And this woman was having a miscarriage, and she sought emergency care, and she was denied that care because of this reprehensible Dobbs decision, and she almost died of sepsis. Thank God she was saved, but there's thousands of those stories right now because of the consequence, and I would say intended consequences. This is all about power. This is all about beating people down, especially women. And it, it can't stand. It cannot stand. So that's why my wife has been traveling all around the country since this hit. She's going to Iowa tomorrow to, to talk about uh, this pushback on this taking away of a right that is about not only abortion, but it's about not having the government decide what a woman is going to do with their own body. It's about health care. I've talked to doctors all over the country, and they are appalled because a doctor's job is to save lives. But now they're sitting there looking over their shoulder, calling risk management and calling the legal department, and women are going to die. So, yeah, it's unacceptable. It is, okay? Yes, we can clap for that. I mean, I... I it is, we could do it, we could, we could talk forever about the assault and the attack on fundamental rights of women uh, and marginalized people, young people in this country that is happening from, from all, all various places and spaces. Uh, you talked a little bit about some of the things that you have decided to lean in on your platform. What do you want your legacy as second gentleman to be? More Kamala Harris's, <laughs> plain and simple. And how do we go about doing that? So, I think there's a question. All right, so, well, I, one gonna, of the questions, and I will tell the people, one right, of the questions. We got a music question, too, which I'm going to oh, get to. Oh, I'm getting to that because, music question next because. Because New Order is coming, my favorite <laughs> band of all time. I, the people don't know about your playlist. <laughs> okay, so. They don't my, know about your playlist. My, I'm, I, I, so let me talk about my playlist, because music. The, we'll have a lighter, a lighter little topic first. So, the, the. Vice President and I are seven days apart. I'm literally seven days older. Um, Y'all are Libras. We're Libras, and our musical taste is a little different. So I'm so that puts me graduating high school in 1982. So my music taste, it's New Order, The Cure, all that stuff, and it never changed. So my Spotify playlist is this band from like 1981 to like you know maybe 2000. You know, maybe, and you know, so that's my that's my Spotify playlist. So I get to hopefully meet one of the bands I love uh, who are coming in here next. Anyway, I, what was the I other think, question? I think we can make sure <laughs> the band gets to see you. I think that's something we can take control uh, of. Uh, well, since we talked about the, I want to get to this question, but the play, the there's a playlist at the VPR. VPR is the Vice President's Residence. 
Um, Y'all have a Spotify playlist too there as well, right? Oh yeah, we got we got some play, different playlists, different, for different playlists. moods, who's there, what what's going on. So y'all have a range. It's a range <laughs> that she picked. I always get, <laughs> but I always get one song. So people will be there. It's a lot of jazz, a lot of soul. It's a lot of old school hip hop. And then there'll be like the Cure. What are they doing on this playlist? Like that was me. <laughs> I love this. Your legacy. You want more Kamala Harris? Yeah. There's a question here that said, what can men like me, okay, from Gerson Venstra, what can men like Gerson do to make it easier for women and girls to get where the vice president is? You know, it's a lofty question. Yeah, I'd say be supportive. And I think men need to support women. You know, <laughs> boys need to support girls. It's kind of like, it, it's, it's just like a basic thing right now. Like, we just need to be supportive of one. And one, it's the right thing to do. So we kind of start there. But okay, there's other reasons. And I always like to talk about, and she, Vice President, always talked about this. Uh, like, there's an economic reason. If we lift up women, we lift up our economy. It's not an either or. There's this trope out there that if, if a, a woman gets to succeed, somehow there's a man somewhere who's not succeeding. That's not true. That's not true at all. If we lift up women, if we have reasonable family care, family leave, child care, the tools to, to even it out, pay equity, the ability to have more women in leadership, it's gonna lift up, it's gonna lift up the economy. So that is uh, a reason, Gerson. Um, be there, be supportive, listen, um, and, and just, just think about it as a equal plane, not an either or. Mm, not an either or. Uh, folks want to know, do you have any, well, first of all, do you have any spare time? Does that even happen? And if you do, what do you do in your spare time? Like, what are the hobbies of uh, the second gentleman of the United States of America? Um, just, <laughs> there's not a lot of spare time uh, because we got a lot to do. And as we are, I would say doing great as an administration. We've had two years where, again, think about where we were two plus years ago when we got into office. So to be a part of that team, and, and my role is to, is to one, again, support them, but in, be a public surrogate and go out all around the country and all around the world, not only talk about what the administration is doing, but listen. And I can do some you know, smaller events where I can actually talk to folks who are out on the front lines, whether it's nurses, teachers, police officers, people in the military, you name it. And then I can bring that back to the administration. And so once you're doing that, you just want to do more, frankly. And the more we're able to do for, for people, the more I'm just like raising my hand. And, and that's, you know, I work hard. I worked hard as a lawyer. I work hard doing this. And you realize what an amazing honor it is to serve your country, serve the administration while helping someone you love. Um, you know, spare time is just hanging out with her, hanging out with the kids, and uh, trying to keep in touch with friends, which can be difficult. So friends out there, I'm sorry. Uh, friends out there, he misses you, he loves you. I miss, but you know I love you, you know I miss American you. People. But it's like, it's not like you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> It's not high. It's not like they don't see you at South by Southwest. But I'll, I'll have to have those conversations sometimes. Like, you never call. Like, I've never, it's like, you know what I'm doing, right? I'm like. <laughs> we would hope they see Can I get a little break? Like, 
give you some grace. I mean, you are you are quite active. I mean, you talked about your travels. You have done a lot of international travel. Um, your trip earlier this year, late last year, on my this days year. running earlier this year to Poland and Germany. Yeah. Um, I spoke to a number of the journalists who accompanied you on to that trip, and they all said the same thing, that it was one of the most impactful and profound trips that they had ever taken, mm. that they, they could see um, the, the weight, that this, the gravity of this trip. They, could, they, they, they were living in it. They could see how it was affecting you, and it affected them, and they said it was a true honor to be there. Uh, you have made, you talked a little bit earlier about combating hate, um, speaking out against anti-Semitism. Talk to me about this, this particular trip that you took to Poland and Germany. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, so I'm also the first Jewish person to be married to a president or vice president, which I did not know, thank you. Um, so I, when, I, when I got into this, I thought that being a man would be a big deal, and it, it is, it has been. And I didn't realize at all that being Jewish would be a big deal. And it turns out that's a pretty big deal, not only for the Jewish community, but for a lot of communities who are experiencing hate and abuse and violence, unfortunately. And um, I, had, I just started to live the way I did, live openly and proudly as a, as a proud American Jew and do the stuff that we do. So have a mezuzah near the wall at the front door. We did menorahs and celebrated Rosh Hashanah. And when people see that representation, it really strikes a chord. So seeing Kamala Harris, a woman, a woman of color as vice president, I cannot tell you what that means around this country and around the world, the impact that is having and will have and so this representation matters. So I, I wish I didn't have to take this on, but we have all seen the uptick in anti-Semitism and violence, the uptick in hate against all communities, not just Jews. And I, you know, with the help of the president and the vice president, um, really pushed me to get more engaged. And so the trip to Auschwitz, and if you haven't been to a concentration camp, it is, it's a devastating experience. Like it's still, it's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life. And uh, we went in there uh, to uh, memorialize International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And then I met with leaders in Poland and in Germany uh, to talk about how we can combat hate and anti-Semitism. I also met some Ukrainian refugees who were there. Uh, and we need to support them. And I met one woman who was saved in the Holocaust in Germany, settled in Ukraine, and is now a refugee again back in Berlin, where she originally left as a, as a Jew in the Holocaust. So you can't, these are the stories that are happening out there. And so this stuff is so important. This hate is interconnected. You see it in the discourse in the country right now. You see it in the, in the divide that we have, and that just going to, the school meeting, you see that, that hate that is out there. We've got to step up and speak out, and we've got to call out the cowards out there. People, as my wife likes to say, these so-called leaders, but she's right. Because you can't be in leadership if you're not going to lead, and you can't be in leadership if you're not going to call out things that you know are wrong, that you obviously know are wrong, 
And that includes not speaking out on anti-Semitism, but also not speaking out on uh, you know, trying to overthrow the government, uh, trying to um, ban books, all these things that are ridiculous and the vast majority of people in this country disagree with. And these people just sit there and they don't say a word. And that is inexcusable. And so I'm going to keep speaking out until we push back. Snaps for the second gentleman. Uh, sir, our time here is uh, coming to an end, but I must ask you about the trip you and the vice. So you have traveled internationally independently on your own, but sometimes you and the vice president travel together. And it is recently announced that you and the vice president will yeah. be traveling to Africa. You're going to go to Ghana, Tanzania, Zambia. We ain't take these kind of trips when I worked at the White House. I'm just saying, this sounds absolutely amazing. Now the vice president's team has said that she's going to do work to expand the digital economy. Um, entrepreneurship. They're going to talk about democracy. Yeah. Well, you're, oftentimes your work complements what she is doing, especially if you all are in the same place. You kind of you tag team so it rolls off of each other. So yeah. what will you be doing on this trip? Well, uh, meetings? Who, who, can we expect any fun things? What's going on? I'll tell you. Do you tell. don't have to guess. Um, well, the, these are important. And this the relationship between the United States and, and Africa writ large is, is very important. Uh, this is a continuation uh, of engagements that we've had as an administration. We had the Africa Summit, uh, I think it was late last year, where there was a, a spouse program that the First Lady and I participated in, building those relationships. I got to participate in, in the big dinner event, and then the President and Vice President had separate engagements. First Lady was just there uh, on a tour of Africa to continue this, miss this uh, mission. So this trip is yet another continuation. And when I go on these trips uh, with the vice president, I have a separate schedule so we can do as much as we can. And I'm able to focus on gender equity. And every time I've traveled internationally, whether it was Japan, Korea, Philippines, Thailand, um, France too, I focus on gender equity. So whether there's a minister, business leaders, I always do a round table to see what's going on in those countries so I can report back and inform how, you know, how we're, we're gonna move forward on that issue. And I also like to engage um, with sports, as I love playing sports, so every time we go, we, we try to do that. Uh, we, we do food, we do small business, so I really try to hit as much of the, of, of the you know, where the people are and, and bring back what's really happening on the ground uh, when I'm on this trip. So I'm, I'm I've never been to Africa, so I'm really, uh, I'm, uh, again, it's just an honor uh, when you say at the beginning, you know, you were a lawyer, that must have been hard. Yes, it was, but I, I get to represent our country. I've been, I've been on, I think, four or five separate trips where I'm representing the United States of America, and it's not about politics, it's not partisan. I'm representing the entirety of our country uh, when we're traveling the world, and it's just, it's humbling. And so for me, I, I, the, I, I take none of this for granted, none of it. Mm. Mr. Imhoff, you are a patriot, and uh, I am for sure excited about this conversation that we had today. We could chat all day, but I know you've, got, going. you've got celebrities and folks to see. What are you most excited about here at South by Southwest? This is his first time at South by Southwest, folks. Man, I... I wish I had been coming for years, like a lot of you, you have. Um, 
what a thank the organizers and, and everyone here. This is an amazing thing to bring smart, different voices, creative people around uh, from, from all walks of life. I mean, I got to just see Sam Raimi behind the stage. I'm like, wow, that's cool. This guy made Evil Dead and Spider-Man, and he just <laughs> did Doctor Strange. So again, I'm just an entertainment geek at heart. And so uh, I, I, I try to take full advantage of when I'm able to be at events like this and um, just take it all in. But I really appreciate this whole event and again, bringing disparate people and voices together in a, in a more comfortable setting where you can actually have a conversation rather than a soundbite because we need more conversations in our world. You know, things that are one line and end an exclamation point are usually not good. And then we have too much of that going on right now. Way too much. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to the second gentleman of the United States of America, Mr. Douglas yeah. M. Hoff. Thank you very much, sir. Simone Sanders. Thank you.